You're listening to Bloom After Baby, the podcast. We're your hosts, Rachel Daggett and Jen Jordan. We're a therapist and a doctor and and both moms moms of two. We're here to discuss the mental health and wellness needs that are unique to motherhood. From confusing hormone swings to your expanding body to boundaries in tricky relationships, we'll give you the information you need to experience motherhood in a way that feels good to you. Thanks so much for tuning in. Let's get to it. All right. Hello, everyone. This is Rachel here um, recording solo today. And when this episode airs, it will be Thanksgiving week. So happy Thanksgiving to everybody. I am here today chatting with a fellow therapist, Mackenzie Rummel, who also happens to work with me here in my private practice in San Clemente. Thank you so much, Mackenzie, for coming on today. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. We are gearing up for the holidays here, and it's a time of year where practically everyone who comes in our door is stressed out about upcoming family gatherings and setting boundaries um, around those things, and uncomfortable family dynamics and conversations rear their heads, uh, and we all need a little help navigating how in the world to properly communicate and manage these boundaries to protect our precious time and energy during the holiday season. Mackenzie, one thing I've noticed in motherhood, so for myself and my husband, and then also clients who um, enter motherhood is how much harder and more complicated this gets as, as you bring little ones into the picture. Mm -hmm. And I think it's because the stakes feel higher, right? Like when it was just me and my husband, it was easier to kind of go with the flow and you know, switch every other year and go with his family and then my family. And it was easier to navigate. But now we have such a harder time with it because, like I said, the stakes feel higher. We now realize that the holidays aren't just ours. There mm-hmm. are children, there are kids as well. And we are creating their like core memories around <laughs> Thanksgiving and Christmas. And so it's almost like more pressure to, um, to navigate this better now. And, and I'm sure there's things we could have done better to be more proactive about boundaries and communicating and whatnot before we brought kids into the picture. And maybe you can speak to that. And it's, it's really tough also to like manage your, your energy, right. And to decide where you're going to go for each holiday and then how you're going to communicate with people. And then there's, it's just impossible to please everybody. So I just kind of want to hear from you where, where and how you're seeing this come up in your practice and how you are helping navigate, helping people navigate it. Yeah, definitely. Well, I hear you with the, you know, you're trying to conserve your energy and you're trying to create these beautiful memories for your littles. But I also heard you kind of talk about like pre-babies, it was easier, right? It's easier to kind of figure out what you guys want. There's just two of you. Um, You can be more flexible. You can sleep on the couch, whatever. You don't need a room. It's like there's so many, so many things at play um, when you kind of throw a child into the mix, especially a young one. What I see in couples a lot is maybe a a disagreement of what to do during the holidays, or maybe even like a um, some conflict happening because of it. Because one, you know, one spouse wants to do something, and the other spouse wants to do something else. 
and you're kind of out ahead and it's like, well, time is ticking. It's next month, you know, or, Hey, we got another, we got a week and we got to let my mom know or, you know, whatever it is. So sometimes it is time sensitive too. And so I do see a lot of kind of like conflict happening in that realm because it can be hard to navigate those conversations and it can be hard to navigate that kind of conflict when it should be such a happy, joyous time of connection and, you know, memories with your family. And yeah, that can be, it can be very challenging. Yeah. And I found myself actually this year (laughs) bringing it up to Sean, my husband, in July. (laughs) And yeah, it was literally, you know, this will just, you know, depict what a type A person I am, but it was in my calendar, like plan for holidays on like July 25th. (laughs) And my poor husband was like, what are you doing? Um, But after his, his initial irritation with me bringing up Christmas in July, he, he really understood where I was coming from because yeah. every year it, we know we're going to let one side down and there, and, and I didn't, I don't want to have these conflicts with yeah. him, um, right coming up to the holidays. And so it ended up actually being a great conversation and, and he was, um, able to really reassure me and like talk me off the cliff that it was going to be a disaster, yeah. but yeah, it is. It's such a source of, of conflict. And that sucks because, like, you want the holidays to be joyful and peaceful, and it's it sucks when it ends up becoming a, a source of a fight. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I hear kind of part of your like protective nature is like bringing it up early so that you don't have the conflict closer to the holidays, or you figure it out sooner so that maybe some of the boundaries with the in laws or with the family, whoever you're going to see is set early and there are no, you know, broken promises. There's no miscommunication. So I kind of see you doing that way ahead of time to like, make sure that everybody knows we're doing Christmas here. We're doing Thanksgiving here. We're doing this at home or, you know, whatever it is. Um, But I feel like for couples, I think like my biggest advice or just like guidance with those conversations is remaining a team, like keep, keep, functioning as if you two have a problem that you need to solve and that if there is any enemy, it would just be the problem and that it wouldn't be each other. Um, And having that kind of mindset shift can be really, really helpful with those conversations because you guys both want the same thing. You both want a lovely holiday with your kids. You both want a lovely holiday together. You both want to see your perspective, you know, your families. Um, You want to have a good time with them. And so really keeping kind of like eye on the prize of like, we're on the same team. We want the same thing. How do we make this happen? Can really help those conversations go smoother. I love that. And, and I, I think it's so, it's so easy for couples to forget that your, your partner is not your enemy. Mm -hmm. Such a big one. Even when it feels like they are. Yeah. And, And I also, I like how you said that, like, if there is an enemy, it's the problem, not the other person. And then also not, not the family either. Mm-hmm. The in-laws aren't the problem. I'm sure that could be a good mind sh- mindset shift as well, going into these um, gatherings and, and just keeping these relationships in a better place. Do you see or work with people who are balancing kind of, I guess, teetering on either extreme of having no boundaries with their 
in-laws or their parents or whoever it might be in their family. And then some who are completely cut off because they just don't know how to communicate. Yes. I feel like I see the whole range of that spectrum. So yeah, I will see like really poor boundaries, which leads to a lot of confusion, a lot of changed plans. Um, maybe even the part, the other partner that's involved getting frustrated and it just kind of not, not working. And then I kind of see the middle, which there are some boundaries. They might be really good. They might be really healthy. Um, maybe the partners aren't on the same page with each other. So maybe that's where the work needs to be done, but that there are boundaries. And then I do see the, mm-hmm. the way other side of like, no, I've cut this person out of my life. Like we are, we don't talk to my dad or we don't talk to this aunt or we don't, you know, this is out, you know, that's of course that person's choice or that family's choice to, you know, if you are going to cut somebody out of your life, but um, just my view of it is that's a really extreme decision to make. And so when I do think about boundaries, I think of it as one of the most loving things that you can do for someone, no matter if they're your family, they're your spouse, they're a friend, that setting a boundary is actually very, very loving because it means that you care about their relationship so deeply that you want to maintain this healthy kind of flow and you want to maintain these boundaries because you do want them in your life. You would never want it to get to the point of, oh, you're out, you know, we have to cut this person out or even on the opposite of just like, oh, there's no boundaries and it doesn't matter because that does kind of lead down a road of not being mindful, not being aware of your partner, not being aware of the other people in your family, um, not being aware of your needs. I see, I see the lack of boundaries as like a, a huge kind of people pleasing tendency of doesn't matter. It's okay. Whatever you want. And that's not true. We all have wants, we all have needs. So kind of that sweet spot in the middle is where I really, I try to get couples and individuals to find, find a place there. And I find it to be a really loving thing when they are able to set those boundaries. I'm having so many thoughts, but it also makes me think of something that Brene Brown writes about. And I think it's braving the wilderness. I'll look up after this, put in the notes. I think she has a chapter that's literally just titled clear is kind. Unclear Mm. is unkind. And I love that description of boundaries, right? Because it is, it's so true. And it is so much more loving to be clear and honest and open in order to maintain a healthy relationship with somebody rather than having no boundaries at all. And then Mm -hmm. potentially the relationship falling apart or crumbling or there being like just underlying resentments or feelings that Mm -hmm. aren't really being spoken. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm, I, I tell, you know, when I talk to clients about this, the thing that comes up next is, well, they're not going to like it, or their reaction is going to be X, Y, Z, or, well, I'm going to hear about it. And what I say to that is like, yeah, you probably are. Mm -hmm. Um, And getting comfortable Mm -hmm. with that uncomfortability is so important with boundaries, because you cannot control how other people respond to you. You just can't. You can only control yourself and how you respond and how you communicate. And I love the Brene Brown, like the clearest kind. Like that is the best that you can do is be clear, straightforward, upfront, honest, loving, 
And if they want to respond with anger and frustration or resentment or whatever it is, then they can respond that way. And for you to not take that on as your own or not take that in as your fault is where the work is, I think. I think it's easy to learn how to have these conversations. That's a little more straightforward, but the work is to not care too much about their response, I think is a big one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then probably to like maintain your initial, your initial intention going into it, regardless of their response. Right. Because mm-hmm. if they respond in a way that doesn't feel good to you, it'd be so easy to then respond with like lash out or cut off or whatever. But like, that's probably important too to like set that intention. Like I'm going to go into setting this boundary with love and kindness and care. And I'm going to maintain that approach no matter how they respond to it. Yes. And it's easy to also be wishy-washy with your boundaries when you get a response that you don't like, or that's uncomfy to you to go, Oh, never mind. I'll, I'll change it. Or uh, let me talk to him again and let's see what we can do. It's like, no, you already had the conversation. You already decided you've already set the intention of the boundary. That's probably one of the biggest downfalls I've seen with boundary setting. It's like, well, I tried to set the boundary, but then they got upset. So I changed it. Like, oh, okay, let's try again. <laughs> Gosh. Okay. So do you feel like, because I'm, I'm seeing a, a thread here with so much of what Dr. Jenny and I are talking about with entering motherhood and navigating all sorts of these, of these new experiences, including relationships and, and boundary setting and whatnot is that whole idea of of, uh, tolerating discomfort. And I feel like it's just such a common thread with life. Like any, any point in life where you're being forced to grow and, and stretch and, and develop, there's, (sighs) you have to learn to be okay with being uncomfortable. Absolutely. I would say just my frame of how I work with people in therapy. It's a common theme with a lot of people because I bring it up a lot. Um, if I mm-hmm. see that, that there's, that's a struggle. And I see that honestly with a lot of secure attachment, to be honest. It's not always the anxious, avoidant, disorganized attachment that I will even see that with. I'll, e- I'll see it with secure attachment because if you had secure attachment with a caregiver as, you know, when you were a kid, you're used to feeling comfortable. You're used to feeling good. You're used to low conflict. You're used to talking things out easily. So when someone responds to you poorly, you try to get back. I want to get back to good. I want to get back to comfortable. So even people that have secure attachment, I will see this thread with where it's like, okay, yeah, you're totally securely attached to your husband. Love that. Great. And when he doesn't respond perfectly, you tend to try to fix it or you tend to try to maneuver the boundary or maneuver whatever you said to make sure that everything is good. So I see that. It's really common. So, okay, so you mentioned attachment, and I know a lot of people may not be as familiar with, sorry, as familiar with attachment theory as you or I might be. So can you give just a little, like, attachment 101, what it it means and how it's used in therapy? Yeah, so attachment theory is just based off the idea that we all formed bonds with our caregivers when we were born. And Mm -hmm. there's kind of four categories of what those attachment styles could look like. And based on each category, whichever one you fit in, you'll have tendencies. 
right in your relationships. So you'll have a tendency to be more anxious or avoidant or disorganized um, or secure. So those are kind of the four types. And how we use that in therapy is we kind of see if we start to see issues in relationships, even if it's not with your romantic partner, but even, you know, sibling relationships, parent relationships, friendships, the way you respond and how you take in certain things, um, you can kind of attribute to your attachment. And I, the way I teach about it in session is that you are not your attachment, but that this might be your attachment style and you might you might be more prone to go this way. It's just a part of you, um, but it can be really helpful to understand how you respond to people. Yes. I love it too with, with parenting and like noticing how your approach is not only with your partner, but with your children. So what would you say is, what is the best way to go into the holidays and avoid, decrease the chances of there being family drama or... Um, crossed boundaries like how do you help people prepare and what do you what do you recommend in order to uh, kind of get ahead of it yeah so I think a lot of it is some things we already mentioned but to kind of put it succinctly is I would say number one stay a team with your partner your spouse Um, Mm -hmm. it's you guys against the problem not you guys against the family or you guys against the one person who responds poorly even Um, I know they might feel like the enemy but they're they're not um, and your kids are definitely not the enemy either. So you want to you want to maintain that kind of teamwork perspective. Um, I would also say give grace. Just give grace to each other. It's already crazy. You're already probably going to be out of the house more than usual, sleepless nights and things like that. So just give each other grace while you are communicating about these things. And I would also say, yeah, clear is kind. Like, I, I love that. I'm going to use that today um I feel like that's so important is like clear honest upfront um loving and maintain the boundaries too if you start if you set them and you make a plan um, I think the best thing is to move forward move forward with those boundaries doesn't mean that plans can't change but more so just if you had set the intention of holding a boundary with certain family members or certain in-laws to keep that because if you if you do kind of go back on your boundaries, it it creates kind of a pattern of, oh, they'll change their mind or I can, I can get her to talk to him again or, you know, whatever it might be. Um, don't let that come in between what you had already established. And that can be, that's probably the hardest part out of all of it. Yeah. Okay. So I'm imagining like maybe not as early as July, but there's certainly some <laughs> proactive conversation needing to happen between the adults and the family, the parents that, that you, you come up with as a team, your, your desired outcome, right. For each holiday, then you come at it as a team and probably need to like talk about it and prep each other beforehand. Like we're not going to backtrack if Aunt Linda gets upset or whatever, like we're going to say, stay strong. And I think a good, a good thing for couples who have young kids is that like, it's for their benefit. Gosh, we've seen how much our holidays have changed with our now three and a half year old, because he, he's a highly sensitive kid and he gets really overstimulated really easily. And so part of it is like, okay, we need to do this for his benefit, right? Because he's not going to be his best and 
really have a good be able to have a good experience if he's super dysregulated and, and overwhelmed and overstimulated. So also I think like keeping that in mind for couples and parents is like this this isn't selfish. Like you're doing this for your children, for your whole entire family. And that's so, so important. That's so key. And I love that you bring up that like, yeah, some kids have different needs and sometimes you're setting these boundaries, maybe not because you personally need them, but because your kids do, um, or, you know, a certain child has a need in, in a certain way and that you're actually being, you're being loving towards them by setting that boundary. Yeah. And then one more thing I just want to say is I appreciate so much this, this conversation around boundaries. And, and I know it's kind of a key word right now on, on social media and in, in pop psychology. It's good. It's being talked about something we, what Dr. Jen and I feel really strongly about is kind of joining this reframe that's happening around what motherhood and, and maternal instinct should look like. And changing it from this narrative, I think that many of us were brought up in that it's uh, selfless and like sacrificial only, right? And there's now been, I think, a lot of movement around it's okay for mothers to not be selfless all the time, right? And it's actually quite scary to think about a mother who is selfless and has no self. That's actually really scary for a child. And so I'm just thinking about how important these effective and healthy boundary setting skills are for women who want to be more empowered and and strong in themselves. Because I think about like what you talked about having poor boundaries is you're people pleasing and things are kind of feel just unstable. Yeah, I love that. And it's so true. Because your littles, you know, their little brains are taking in everything that you're doing. And if you act in a selfless way all the time, they're not going to know how to create a self for themselves. Yes. And then, then what, (laughs) you know? So it's so, so important. Okay. Well, um, thank you so much for these insights and, um, it's been super helpful for me and we will be publishing this or releasing this episode Thanksgiving week. So hopefully this gives some couples, um, some talking points and some help and, and, and at least if, if anything, I hope we can encourage and reassure people that it, it is okay to have boundaries and it is okay for your holidays to look differently after you have kids and um, you're not doing anything wrong by standing up for your family and what's best for you guys. So Mackenzie, will you share a little bit as we um, wrap up about you and you're like kind of taking Instagram by storm and your practice where people can find yeah. you? Yeah, definitely. I don't know if I'm taking it by storm, but I'm definitely trying to trying to spread as much knowledge as I can to as many people as I can because I am a therapist, but I cannot see 50 people a week. So, I you know, love to share love to share about um relationships on my Instagram page. My handle is at beachy.therapist. Um, and I'm a therapist located in San Clemente, California, and I have a wonderful supervisor, Rachel, that I work under. Um, <laughs> and I, you can find me on there. You can find lots of resources in the link in the bio of my page. I have a few digital products, including I have a free 25 conversations for connections guide that you can download directly from the link. 
Um, it'll come straight to your email. And then I also have an SOS conflict guide. So if any of you are having difficulties with these kind of conversations during the holidays, or you just are kind of stuck in general, um, I know having kids can definitely increase conflict. It can kind of increase, you know, the things that you need to communicate about. So it's always good to either learn those skills or brush up on them if you already are familiar with conflict resolution and whatnot. But I have a very straightforward guide that um, can help you navigate these things. And again, that's my SOS conflict guide. And really soon, I mean, this drops in what, no, late November. So you might still have time to get on board with my Connected Couples Masterclass, which is going to be a live training with me. Um, and it's going to be a masterclass filled with how to deeply connect and um, build a foundation or build on the foundation that you already have with your partner or spouse, how to manage conflict, and how to kind of make sure that these things that you're learning um, are actually long lasting in your relationship, which I think is the most important because I think we all we all get inundated with a bunch of information all day long on Instagram, TikTok, you know, whatever your whatever socials you're on. And so I've, I'm really passionate about, you know, you take in all these things and you save the posts and that's so great, but do you actually use it? Is it actually going to translate into your life? So I'm super passionate about making sure that that change actually occurs. Um, and that's what that masterclass is all about. So hopefully you can join me in that. It will be live and it will be a limited amount of people in the class. So if you're interested, go check it out at Beachy Therapist on Instagram. Amazing. Okay. Well, thank you so, so yeah. much, Mackenzie. Thanks for being here. And hopefully this isn't the last episode that you are on with us. You're just a wealth of knowledge. Oh, thank you so much. I'm so, so happy to be here. Happy to be your first guest. It was really exciting and fun for me. And I love everything you're doing with the Bloom After Baby. It's all so important. Thanks so much for tuning in with us today. If you enjoyed this episode and feel like it brought you value, don't forget to rate the show and leave a review. Your feedback means the world to us and helps us know which conversations you are needing the most. And we'll keep bringing you new episodes every week, so hit subscribe so you don't miss a thing. Also, be sure to check out the show notes for any links or resources that we mentioned. We're on this journey with you, so be sure to find us on the gram and TikTok. Plus, go to bloomafterbaby.com and grab our free guides on all things motherhood created just for you. Breathe, be well, and keep growing, mama.